0: Asshole Court is a biweekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects.
1: We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal
2: weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. To be labeled the greatest of all time at anything, the public will usually know about your body of work, legacy and accomplishments well depending on the task that is up for debate keep in mind throughout history there is a greatest ass eater of all time but the subject of today's show is one of those people that most on the planet have seen or heard about at some time in their life michael jordan Jordan's iconic career as a basketball player had him on the cover of sporting magazines pretty much every month, and who could forget those badass posters that most males who were raised in the 80s and 90s had on their walls? This dude could jump from the free throw line and dunk a basketball, for Christ's sake. He wasn't the first one to do it, but he was definitely the coolest one we had seen yet. The acronym for greatest of all time is GOAT. There are others in sports, music, writing, And like I mentioned earlier, other extracurricular activities that are considered to be the best that have ever done it. But just like Jordan, it's usually a highly debated subject. Is Muhammad Ali the greatest boxer? Is Beethoven the greatest composer? Is Ron Jeremy the greatest male porn star? We're going to pull our warm-ups off and jump into the game to discuss the life and times of what many consider the GOAT of basketball. But what has made Jordan so competitive almost to a fault? Why has he been portrayed as a difficult teammate sometimes? Did he really catch a chick's hair on fire? Come fly with me as we slam dunk our way through the Michael Jordan episode of Asshole Court. I just want to remind everybody, the name of our show is Asshole Court, and I know for those that have listened for a long time, you know that we consider everyone an asshole. All of us here are assholes, and so are our mothers. It's all about how much of an asshole you are. Again, we use that Mr. Rogers to Hitler scale so everyone understands what we're talking about. So just to put it out there, just because we have someone as a subject of our show doesn't necessarily mean this person is a total prick. I just had to make that public announcement. I feel a little bit better now. So, yeah. All right.
0: I'm glad you got that off your chest, thanks, too, Randy. Man, thanks.
1: It's just like in life, there's scales to everything. That's exactly
2: right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we want to give a big shout out to one of our Patreon members and one of our Instagram followers. Patreon member Patrick Sharp recommended Michael Jordan, as did Instagram follower Lars Christian Rossness. Patrick, uh, you're a homeboy.
1: We really appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Lars, we love you. Patrick. Lars, we're fans. You're not a Patreon member yet, but I do love your Swedish death metal album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for the Lars, shout out. Lars, I don't love you, but I like you a lot. There you uh, go. Uh Patrick, I love you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All
2: right, boys, let's get some pre-show scores for his airness. Michael Jordan. Mikey, what you got?
1: Uh so I will say that Michael Jordan, in my mind, is the greatest basketball player that ever lived. The GOAT. I'll say it. Uh, and I'm also a like pretty much a born Lakers fan, so I really fucking hated this guy in the '90s. Oh yeah, especially the early '90s when uh-huh. the Bulls really came on when they beat the fucking Lakers in '91. <sighs> I've never been a huge fan of Jordan, mostly because of that, because I have admitted biases there. Yeah, good reason to not like him. Yeah, of exactly, course. exactly. Um, and I honestly, I've I've heard so many stories about him being a dick in private life that I just kind of always assumed that he was an asshole. But when I watched, what was it? The I, last dance. The last dance. Yeah. I I gained kind of a newfound respect for him in a weird way. Like he's, I I don't know. I guess he just sort of rationalized everything that occurred. And I was like, I can see that.
0: Okay. Yeah. But it makes sense when it's coming from his point of view. He, yeah. he just wanted to win.
2: Yeah. Like that was yeah, it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And honestly, one of the great memes of all time uh, is the, And I took that personally. And I think about that all the time uh, when I want to apply it to all sorts of things in my life. Um, And
2: the Jordan crying meme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that's
1: good. Yeah, that one's good. So but to, to rank him as an asshole, I am going to say that I'm going to put him at a five to start. I know he was a dick and stuff like that. But again, we're talking on a scale here with guys like hitler and dan bilzerian so uh, <laughs> so i'll go
3: with
2: a five oh, all right nice 5.0 for mikey buddy what do you got
0: all right so for me um you know i out of the three of us i probably watch sports the least uh but when i was watching sports it was back during the 90s and yep. during that heyday of michael jordan and Scottie pippen and, and the bulls just doing their run i don't know a lot about him off the court I don't know too much about him on the court except for what you know about mm-hmm. him winning, you know, all the championships. Um, so I'm interested today to learn, you know, is he an asshole on the court? Is he just trying to push everybody to his level? Um, you know, I'm not sure what we're going to find out. And that's what I'm excited to, to find out in mm-hmm. this. Um, so without me knowing a lot of the off the court stuff, I, I got to keep my score kind of low as well. Um one of my favorite memories uh, as a child was with Randy, me and him went to Chicago, uh, probably I was like around like eighth grade-ish, give or take, yep. and uh, we went and ate at Michael Jordan's restaurant in Chicago. That's right. That's right. And because when you think
1: that. of fine food, <laughs> That's exactly. you think of Michael Jordan.
0: Well, I mean, at the time when we come from like a relatively small town and we've been to Chili's <laughs> and, you know, Applebee's, you know, like... We went to this place and like it was like it felt like a smoker's lounge. It was like kind of like a little bit darker. Um, It just had this ambiance to it, and and like I, I recall as a kid thinking that that was the best hamburger that I had ever had up to that (laughs) point. You know, and I could have just been you know like uh, drunk with everything that was going on at the time. But I'll take the space jam burger. (laughs) It's out of this world. So yeah, that was a. That was uh, my connection to Michael Jordan as a kid, and it was an awesome, awesome time with Randy.
2: Yeah, I forgot about that. So you talked about it. I just remember at that point in our lives, we it was like you said about eighth grade. Mm-hmm. We were, I mean, I've been into sports my whole life, but yeah. like I could not get enough of every sport right around then. Yeah, so, sure. and that was when you were playing baseball with us, playing yeah. football, like absolutely. Yeah, so we were just crazy, and like you said, kind of from a small town outside of Atlanta, hadn't really been exposed to. Too much cool shit. Big city sudden,
1: life. That's right. Yeah. Chi-town. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So it was awesome. It was a really good experience. And um, so he sits very favorably with me in my memory. Mm-hmm. So, um, I but I do know that t- to be considered the goat of NBA, of all basketball, mm-hmm. that you probably had to step on a couple people in order to get there. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm wondering. Did he step on some people and do some malicious shit? Or did he just do what he had to do to get the job done? Mm-hmm. And so uh, pre-show... um. I'm going to go with a little bit higher than Mikey. I'm going to go with a 5.4. Okay. And uh, we'll see where he uh, shakes out by the end of it. Okay. Good deal. 5.4 for Buddy. Randy, what you got? Yeah. So, growing
2: up, I mean, I definitely had a Michael Jordan poster on my wall. I actually had two of them. Mm-hmm. I had the one where he was jumping from the free throw line. Yep. Um, and then the one that said, come fly with me, was a white poster. It's like that oh, you yeah. just don't forget. Like, sure. this yeah. guy was absolutely iconic yeah, man. 100 if you had a new pair of jordans like oh yeah yeah heads up one if you were in a bad part of town you, you might get, get robbed, robbed yeah you might get robbed for your shoes yeah that was kind of a, a fucked up piece of it but like this dude was idolized by literally millions of kids growing up right yeah. oh if i could be like mike that's exactly yeah. right and he never did anything to completely fuck it up mm-hmm. but like over the years like you kind of talked about like you kind of saw like he was he was a bit he's just so such a fierce competitor yes. yeah. that it made him a little bit of an asshole, a little mm-hmm. bit of a prick, right? Yeah. Probably wasn't the best teammate, probably hard to kind of play with sometimes. Yeah. Oh, of uh, course. There's a couple stories we'll get into about yeah. that exact stuff. Um, but pre-show I had him at 5.25. You know, we talk about the average guy is a 4 to a 5. Mm-hmm. He's definitely I think a little tick above
0: the normal guy. So a yeah. 5.25 for me. All right. With a 5.0 from Mikey, a 5.4 from Buddy, and a 5.25 from Randy, Michael Jordan's pre-show asshole score is a 5.2. 5.2. He falls... Just above Tila Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: just below Dr. Oz. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money because I bet he could literally dunk over both of them. Like full. If they like, were like yeah, standing yeah. on their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Full like dunk over both of their heads. Like the Michael Jordan spread leg, oh, one yeah. arm. Like his just balls, over it. his balls slapped. Across Tila Tequila and Daughter Oz's forehead Like it's like the three stooges When he slaps them across her face Yeah he teabags them as yeah, he's going it. to the room but, but That tongue out which also let's think about that You're talking about the greatest ass eater of all time It probably is Michael Jordan With that tongue, <laughs> with that tongue. It's either him or, or Gene Simmons I think I'd prefer to have my ass eaten by Michael Jordan I would go with Michael as well Because <laughs> I don't trust Gene
0: Simmons in a dark room Gun to my head I'm going Jordan as well Little Pat <laughs>
2: <laughs> little pat on the back to us. Look at the diversity we've got here. That's right. Tequila, Michael Jordan, Dr. Oz. Right in that same little ballpark, yeah. you've got Ty Cobb, Courtney D- Love. DMX, yeah. Elon Musk, Courtney yeah. Love. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a-
1: We're covering it all. That's right.
2: You name it, we'll cover it, Johnson.
0: <laughs> all right, you guys ready to
2: slam dunk this shit?
0: Let's do it. Let's dribble it up.
2: Michael Jeffrey Jordan was born at Cumberland Hospital in Brooklyn, New York on february seventeenth, nineteen sixty three, the fourth of five children in the family. Jordan has two older brothers, James Jr. and Larry, an older sister, Dolores, and a younger sister named Roslyn.
1: You gotta suck dick to be Larry Jordan.
2: Larry Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know,
1: man. That's No, no, no. You gotta go to Thanksgiving dinner. Parents are like Oh, well, we know what Michael's been up to, winning NBA championships, MVPs. Larry, what did you do? He's like, i got a raise. Uh, so now I'm pretty much a supervisor. So I was employee of the month back in February. We're equally proud of all of you. I'm just kidding.
2: It's obvious
1: that Michael's the
2: coach. Well, it's funny because they interviewed his mom, and she made claim like, I love all my kids, so— the oldest one, James Jr., retired from the military mm-hmm. as very high ranking, retired at Fort Bragg. And there was like two presidents that showed up to celebrate okay. his oh, wow. retirement. See?
1: And then what did Larry do? Larry.
2: Uh, Works his, for waste management. No, he's actually a regional uh, sales executive for Upper Deck. Remember the baseball oh, club? Oh, wow. I wonder how he got that job. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> Thanks, big bro. Yeah. Little bro.
2: And I want to say both of his sisters are published authors. Okay. So
1: you know, they they I know that they didn't parent- have nothing to bring home on It's true, but yeah. yeah. And then your your brother's the greatest of all time. And I say that as a Lakers fan and I want it to be Kobe, but it's not. <laughs> Kobe. Very close second. The Jordans were a hard working middle class
2: family. His mother, Dolores, was a bank employee and he had no father because no one is Michael Jordan's daddy. Just, now, just
3: kidding. <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was
1: a miraculous birth. Yeah. It was actually it was geez, a divine Lord. miracle. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding.
2: His father, James Jordan Sr., was an equipment supervisor.
3: What
1: is that?
2: He, he supervised equipment. <laughs> I know,
1: right? <laughs> he said, Well, this equipment looks pretty good to me. Looks pretty solid. Yep. I'll see you tomorrow, <laughs> <Yeah>. equipment. <laughs> in
2: 1968, his family relocated from Brooklyn to Wilmington, North Carolina, where his heirness grew up and developed his famously intense competitive nature. That intense competitiveness is what we'll see is often the root of some of the stories that have landed Jordan in our courtroom. I always told my children, each of you has special gifts. It's how you use them, Jordan's mother Dolores once told ESPN. Each one had a talent, but how they approached it was different from the other things. Michael might have had skills for basketball, but Larry built things with his hands, and our oldest son was an ROTC and such a leader. Went way above ROTC, but you know. But growing up, Michael Jordan wasn't even the best basketball player in his family. His older brother, Larry, who was one year older, constantly got the best of Michael and they played one-on-one or competed in various games in their backyard. The playful competition quickly turned into a fierce rivalry. We had this barbecue pit that we'd use as a backstop and we'd play baseball with a tennis ball and we had numerous battles, Larry told ESPN in 2009. If I lost, I had to keep playing until I won. That's why, more often than not, it would end in a fight. Jordan even credits his success to those battles with his brother as a child.
1: I mean, it sounds pretty standard, though. I mean, you had a brother and sister, like the competitive stuff was there. Mm -hmm.
0: But I think there was also like some talk about how dad would kind of favor whoever won as well. So there was like, you know, it's like not just having to battle for, you know, rights with your brother, but also for the attention of your father. Like in The
1: Simpsons, when Lisa starts playing hockey and gets really good at it, and then Bart (laughs) tries to get in the front seat. Homer's like, "Nah, uh (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I don't think from a competitive standpoint
2: I would be here without the confrontations with my brother, Jordan said during an interview for The Last Dance. When you come to blows with someone you absolutely love, that's igniting every fire within you. And I always felt it was fighting with Larry for my father's attention. Good call, buddy. Yep. When you're going through it, it's traumatic because I want that approval. I want that type of confidence. So my determination got even greater to be as good, if not better, than my brother. It seems as though his father's attention was one thing that Jordan always struggled with. One story I read talked about Mike not being like his older brothers, as he was the one who would stand over the engine of the latest car his father and brothers were fixing, not wanting to get his hands greasy. I remember one time, said Larry, my father told Michael, go get my 916 wrench. Michael said, what's that? My father just sent him in. Go back inside with the women.
3: God. Yeah.
2: And Michael was fine with that.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Said it just wasn't in his DNA. For a while, Michael Jordan's DNA was not so clear cut. At age 12, there was the day he got suspended from school for fighting. It wasn't the first time he had gotten into a fight at school, and his mother was damn sure she was not going to let the child lay around the house all day watching TV.
1: Dude, imagine though that I mean, he probably lost one of these fights.
2: Oh, to this day, that guy's like, I whipped Michael Jordan's ass They're one like, time. Sure Back in did. fifth grade, yeah. I totally did. They're like, yeah. And he yeah, may uh-huh. have like one friend on speed dial because he tells the story so often. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you want proof here? Call this guy. Call. He did it. And he as did soon it. as the guy answers, he's like, yes, he beat up
1: Michael Jordan. Yeah. Is that all? Thanks, bye. He said I punched him right in that face.
2: <laughs> he tells me it would be considered child abuse today, Dolores said of her punishment with a laugh. But it was a tough age and I knew I had to set the precedent. I took him to work and made him stay in the car all day and read. I could see him through the bank window. (laughs) I wanted him to know I was always watching him. We went to lunch, and then after dinner, I knew a lady at the library, so he stayed there and read some more. We didn't have any more trouble from him after that. So, yes, mom leaving him uh, in In a a hot hot car car. (laughs) would have definitely gotten some attention in today's times, I would would say. All these
1: pussy-ass kids now can't even handle a hot car anymore you know what i'm saying
0: this is wilmington north carolina
2: yeah. Like,
1: it's, oh yeah it's oh, hot oh man yeah, the kids now is like please stop punching me i'm like whatever michael jordan got kind of sat in a hot car now take this punch son <laughs> that's what real parents did back in the 70s and 60s when men were men and they knew a 916 well maybe they didn't know what a 916 range was. jordan attended emsley a laney
2: high school in wilmington where he spent a lot of his time involving himself as a member of the drama club, marching band, oh. and
1: debate team. Wow!
2: Really? I'm kidding. He played basketball,
1: <laughs> baseball, and football. Gotcha. Well, I mean, he's got soft ass hands. So Didn't quick hands? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm like, they're like, send him in, go hang out with the women. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they were like, he's a drama club. Plus, I'll never forget that picture of him when he was in college. And it was in his dorm room, and he, he had the umbrella. umbrella. Yeah. yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It looks like he is ready to go on Guys and Dolls for real, dude.
2: <laughs> so there's a famous story that tells a tale of Jordan being cut from his varsity basketball team because his coach didn't think he was good enough, tall enough, and people didn't like him. And gosh darn it, people didn't That's like him. That's right. Just kidding about that last part. He was 5'11", and his coach didn't think he was tall enough to play on the varsity team as a sophomore, but he didn't get cut. He got put on JV. Even though the story isn't true, it definitely seemed to light a fire under Jordan. On the JV team, he fucking crushed it, dropping multiple 40-point games throughout the season. So dropping 40 points in a high school game is pretty tough because Monstrous. they play 32-minute games yep. versus 40-minute games in college and 48-minute games in the pros. It's oh, the equivalent
1: geez. of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. In high. Most oh, yeah. of the time, those high school games are normally like 50-point games, oh, like 52 yeah. to 36. That's right. exactly right. Exactly. Yep. But the summer
2: after Jordan's sophomore year, he grew four inches and busted his ass working to get better. Growth spurts like that are crazy to see. We have a buddy... Who is six foot seven. Yeah. And he grew almost a foot in a year between his sophomore and junior years in high school. Yeah. Show me that
1: smile again. <laughs> Don't waste another minute on your crying. It's a growing pains. <laughs> growing pains song in case. Y'all know that shit.
0: And man, he looked like it was like one of those like awkward puppy dog faces he oh, was going through. Dude, his
2: clothes didn't fit him. And it made him like Lanky and weird yeah. For the
0: rest of his life
2: <laughs> yeah. is, Even today He's one of our best friends He is Tall lanky, tall, kind lanky of, dude Yeah
1: absolutely Slaying it though He does it As a grown man though I'm like yeah it Turned out to be Quite a handsome fella
2: Oh yeah And he can huh. hit a golf ball A fucking mile Because well, he's yeah, tall as leverage. shit Yeah MJ's growth spurt Paid off Jordan averaged More than 25 points per game Over the final two seasons Of high school play I read an article Where his brother Larry Talked about Michael's junior year And Larry's senior year he said after Michael had grown to six foot four, he straight-fucking-dominated everyone on the court. He said it was literally boys versus a grown man at that point. Mm-hmm. As a senior, he was selected to play in the 1981 McDonald's All-American game, which is pretty much the who's who of college basketball. Oh, yeah. And he dropped 30 in that game. Oh, wow. To give you an idea of the caliber of player that's played in the McDonald's All-Star game over the years... You it's get,
1: everybody.
2: Yep. It's names like Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James... You and get the, the picture. The list goes yeah. on and on. Yeah. After averaging 27 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists per game for the season, Jordan was recruited by numerous college basketball programs, including Duke, North Carolina, South Carolina, Syracuse, and Virginia. In 1981, he accepted a basketball scholarship to the University of North Carolina, where he majored in cultural geography.
1: Oh, oh yeah. not, What is that?
2: It's... a uh, it's geography about different cultures yeah, yeah. Him and <laughs> him and
1: his dad are working together on that one for real, cultural geography interesting yeah. i guess i can see what it is it's like i don't know like the the southeast has a, um, a specific culture as opposed to whatever it's not like a state line but it's just like a, a culture itself or something. i don't know there's the mason
0: dixon line right. and mm-hmm. there's the mississippi river mm-hmm. you know yeah below that to the right of that it's where we live,
2: that's right.
1: <laughs> well, I guess it's like the thing with Florida is the, the the old saying is that the further south you go, the further north you are, because oh, and yeah. it makes sense. Like the Florida yeah. itself is totally reversed. Like the northern Florida is like the South. Oh yes. yeah. Um, totally. South Florida is pretty much New York and Cuba mixed yeah, together. That's exactly.
0: Right. Got to cross through the Okefenokee to yeah. get there, uh-huh. but you know.
1: I bet he wrote his paper on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've been asked by our fans, guys. We want more. And just like a genie in a bottle, your wish is our command. Our Patreon page is now live. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com AHCPodcast to get access to our all-new Conspiracy Court episodes, get a shout-out on one of our Asshole Court episodes, voting power on future episodes, stickers, swag, and a whole lot more. Go to patreon.com AHCPodcast to get your fix today. And now, back to your regularly scheduled shenanigans. All right, so if you don't know about how good Michael Jordan was as a basketball player, I'm assuming you've probably been woken up from a 40-year coma or the device you're listening to this podcast on is the first piece of technology you've touched in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit and run through his basketball career stat by stat, but I'm going to hit the highlights and we'll roll into why the goat of the hard court is in our courtroom today. As a freshman in North Carolina, Jordan was named ACC Freshman of the Year. He made the game-winning jump shot in the 1982 NCAA Championship game against Georgetown, which was led by future NBA rival Patrick Ewing. Jordan later described this shot as a major turning point in his basketball career. Jordan was selected by consensus to the NCAA All-First Team in both the sophomore year and junior year. Jordan left North Carolina one year before his scheduled graduation to enter the 1984 NBA draft. He did, however, return to North Carolina to complete his degree in 1986 when he graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Geography.
1: So he just went straight geography this time. Yeah,
2: might have it was t- probably two different sources I used. So yeah, we'll still stick with cultural geography. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sounds more highfalutin. Yeah,
1: and also much more useless. Yes.
2: <laughs> Chicago Bulls selected Jordan with the third overall pick of the nineteen eighty four NBA draft after Hakeem Olajuwon went to the Rockets and Sam Bowie went to the Portland Trailblazers. Poor
1: Sam Bowie, man. That guy. Sam said, Bowie. Sam Bowie. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. He was a didn't pan out to be shit. But the Rockets and the Blazers needed a center, a big, tall uh, guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Bowie was the number two center. Elijah won Hall of Hakim, Fame. Hakeem, yeah. Least, the Dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, Sam
1: Bowie was, he was the Ryan Leaf of basketball. That's
2: exactly right. Uh, People always say, what if Portland would have had George Jordan, because it would have been like him, Clyde Drexler. I know it would have yeah. been,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Yep. Well, he had an unbelievable college career. Once Jordan went pro, the beginning of Air Jordan and the legacy of the greatest basketball player was born. In 1999, an ESPN survey of journalists, athletes, and other sports figures ranked Jordan the greatest North American athlete of the 20th century, above Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali. Hmm, That's insane, man. Jordan placed second to Babe Ruth on the Associated Press December 99 list of 20th century athletes. In addition, the Associated Press voted him to the greatest basketball player of the 20th century.
1: Oh, that's an easy one.
2: Yep. Jordan has also appeared on the front cover of Sports Illustrated, a record record 50 times. Oh, wow. 50 times he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Wow. Yep. I'm not surprised. Nah. I mean, this shit he
1: did was just nuts. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly right. So I'm going to run down Jordan's career stats. Six-time NBA championship winner. Six-time NBA finals MVP. Five-time NBA MVP. NBA defensive player of the year. NBA rookie of the year. Three-time NBA steals leader. 14-time NBA all-star. 3 time NBA All-Star Game MVP, 10 time All-NBA First Team, 9 time All-NBA First Defensive Team, 2 time NBA Slam Dunk Contest champion, named one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history, selected on the NBA's 70th anniversary team just happened like last month with yeah. their uh, yeah with the All-Star Game, 2 time Olympic gold medal winner, 2 time basketball Hall of Fame inductee. Once in '09 as an individual, once in 2010 as a member of the 1992 Olympic Dream Team.
1: They were that, that they
2: were insane.
0: <laughs> it was so and fun uh, to man. watch as a kid. I, I oh actually got to see them play live oh, uh, nice. at the that. Olympics back in '96, '92, oh, okay. uh, or yeah, '92 well,
1: is Barcelona.
0: Yeah, that was it. That was yeah. the '92 Dream Team. Uh, right. That I didn't see them. I saw the 96 that was the, dude. Team. They
1: rolled out because that was the first year that the pros that got they allowed play. the pros to play because normally yeah. it was college. Yeah, and they came out and it was like. USA 136, Lithuania 30. Yeah,
0: I mean, they and Jordan blew. just barely made it too. Like, because of when he was drafted, it was only something like he made the cut by like two months or no, something. No, that was
2: like, on the 84 gold medal that he won. Oh, that in was too. He was a top. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: The, the 84 one. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: He's also in the United States Olympic Hall of Fame, he received the 2016 Presidential Medal of Freedom. And he was the 10-time NBA scoring leader, including every year from 1997 to 1993, and then again from 1996 to 1998. So what happened to Jordan in those two years that he wasn't the highest scoring player?
3: Yeah. A couple of
2: things occurred, actually. Some, some
0: tough stuff happened, man.
2: Tragically, Air Jordan's father, James, was carjacked and murdered at a rest area in Lumberton, North Carolina, by two teenagers, Daniel Green and Larry Martin Demery, who dumped his body in a South Carolina swamp. Green and Demery were found after they made calls on James Jordan's cell phone, convicted at a trial, and sentenced to life in prison. You know that patented move by Jordan where he would stick his tongue out before he either dunked on someone or hit a sick shot? Mm -hmm. That was him imitating his father. James would stick his tongue out like that when he got locked into work or a task, and Michael mimicked him as a kid and carried it throughout his career. So maybe his
3: dad
1: was the greatest at ass-eating. Potentially. (laughs) That's right. It's tough to make jokes about a guy that gets carjacked and killed, but this is also a comedy pod. This is true. And, you know,
0: his legacy must continue.
2: That's right. The second thing that Jordan did was live out a childhood dream and tried his hand at becoming a professional baseball player. Yeah. Yeah, his dad had always wanted him to become a baseball player. And as a kid, they thought if he were to ever get big in sports, it would have been in baseball, not basketball. Yep, yep. The Chicago White Sox signed him to a minor league deal and it worked out quite well because the guy that owned the White Sox is also the same guy that owned the Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you're going to lose him in basketball, at least pick him up on your baseball team. And they
2: they kept his contract in basketball smartly. They didn't say, you're cut. They were
0: like, yeah,
1: uh, we'll still, you know, yeah. we'll keep you around and in case it was you like, come
0: back. And it was like to the tune of like three million dollars a year at yep. that point. That's right.
1: Yeah, you
2: yeah. Know?
0: absolutely. Went cheap.
1: Well, plus you're like, well, I mean, he's going to sell out the stadium at the it was Birmingham Knights, right? the Birmingham yeah. Barons, Barons as well as the Barons. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, everyone's going to show up to see that dude play. Oh yeah, he and, did.
0: And at every than. show, at every game that season. Yeah.
2: Jordan's baseball career didn't quite play out like his basketball career did. But he wasn't terrible. He played at the double A level, and his biggest strength on the field was his speed. In one season in double A, he stole fifty bases.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they don't talk about it much, but like, I want to say like his first like fifteen games he had a hit in, or like first fifteen or twenty games he
2: wound up batting like two fifty six. Yeah, which if you do the math, that's one out of four at bats. That's respectable, right? If you can go over three hundred multiple seasons, you're you're on awesome. top of it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, and you also got to look at when he entered into the league as well, because I mean, like they don't bring anybody outside of like college into it, because it's you've just passed, you know, where you can keep up. And he was what, like third in his thirties, jumping into this.
1: Yeah. Baseball is kind of weird though, <clears throat> because um, you can come straight out of high school and go start playing mm-hmm. minor league ball. Yep. And yeah. In fact, my my cousin <clears throat> played for the Yankees. He did. He eventually, he finally made it to the major leagues and got a World Series ring. But there was a solid 10 years where he was in the minor league program for the Braves forever. And actually, when he started in 88, uh, he was playing for like Greenville or uh, Richmond or something like that. And he came up through there. And th- at the time, they were like, if you want to go to the major leagues, go to the Braves because they suck. At the time, they did. And he thought you are going to get bumped up. Of course, by the time he started to play, the Braves get really great. That's in the '90s, when was, they, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. he was he was a pitcher. So, oh my sudden, god, that's yeah, when they oh, had yeah. the best pitching: Glavine,
2: right. Smoltz, Avery. So yeah. '94,
1: yeah. he hangs it up, but he did he he hung it up with with the with the, the Braves. Braves minor leagues. Yeah, came back and ended up getting drafted and did uh, two seasons with the New York Yankees and got a World Series ring. Oh, nice. But, yeah, but like I said, there's dudes on those some of those teams that are. They're aging out. They don't know oh, yeah. whether they're going to make it or not. They're just kind of hoping for a shot at it. Yeah. I mean, Baseball is totally different than any other sport I can think of in terms of how like feeder systems work.
2: Oh, yeah. They're massive, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a massive system. In March 1995, Jordan decided to quit baseball because he feared he might become a replacement player during the Major League Baseball strike. On March 18, 1995, Jordan announced his return to the NBA through a two-word press release. I'm back. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, a that's a mic out. drop right yeah. there. Yeah. So now, a fax out to the, to the <laughs> league, yeah. So with all the success in the athletic world, what did Michael Jordan enjoy doing off the court? Well, two of his favorite activities are golf and gambling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, You know. The two Gs. The two Gs. Ah, uh, yes. I'm a
2: fan of both the two Gs as well. <laughs> there are stories from many people about Jordan's gambling, but if you look at it, gambling has that same rush you can get from competing, which is Jordan's ultimate rush. During the Bulls' 1993 NBA playoffs, Jordan was seen gambling in Atlantic City, New Jersey, the night before a game against the New York Knicks. The previous year, he admitted he had to cover 57,000 in gambling losses. To put that in perspective, Jordan's NBA salary that year was 3.12 million, and throw in about the other seven million he was making in endorsements other than Nike, that equates to a family that has an annual income of $100,000 spending 570 bucks. Yeah. Oh, not, wow. <clears throat> and keep in mind that doesn't cover his Air Jordan money. That's just all the other Right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's like,
1: <laughs> yeah, like a sort of a decent weekend vacation. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah, That's not included. Yeah, really, just, just the hotel. That's it. So. Exactly.
2: Author Richard Esquinas wrote a book in 1993 claiming he had won $1.25 million from Jordan on the golf course. He said in the book he co-authored, Michael and Me, Our Gambling Addiction, My Cry for Help. He said, our matches frequently came down to $100,000 putts with occasional swings of upward of a quarter million dollars. Personally, I felt I was a controlled gambler until Michael and I went berserk in one period of approximately 10 days in September 1991, when I went from potentially more than 200000 in debt to $1.25 ahead. Doesn't sound like a problem. Sounds like you got a real solution there. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, like, sounds, yeah, sounds you like figured it out. <laughs> sounds like Michael's got the problem when you're <laughs> around. Eskenaz claims Jordan fell 626,000 in debt in their golf wagers, then doubled the bet and lost. The 1.252 million debt eventually was reduced to 902,000 by still more golf wagers. Eventually, MJ paid him about 300,000, and they wound up calling it even. Okay. He said he kind of feared he wasn't going to get paid anything if it got too big. Jordan gave him one giant check, and he was like, "All right, fuck it, we're all right. Done. We're good. Yeah, exactly." Yeah. In Two
0: thousand five. Could you imagine like gambling that amount of money? A hundred thousand like, dollar putt? No.
1: Like God, that's insane. It but depends I mean, on what your scale is, I guess. It's yeah, all scale.
0: Yeah, but I mean, even still, it just I remember, boggles I me. Playing People a game just one, jo- throw that kind of money. Oh
3: out.
2: yeah, I remember playing a game one time with some dudes I worked with, and we were playing five dollars a hole, and there was four of us. And if you won the hole, obviously everybody you know was 05, twenty five, and then you yeah, kind of yeah. wash it out at the end. Um, and there was one hole we had carried over, and I, was, I had a putt for, like, 120 bucks on the line. Oh! And I missed it. Oh. it was, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm doomed
1: to fail then.
2: <laughs> this putt matters. Kissing a <laughs> dime. <goodbye. laughs> In 2005, Jordan discussed his gambling with Ed Bradley of 60 Minutes and admitted that he made some reckless decisions. Jordan stated, yeah, I've gotten myself into situations where I would not walk away and I've pushed the envelope. Is that compulsive? Yeah, depends on how you look at it. If you're willing to jeopardize your livelihood and your family, then yeah. When Bradley asked him if his gambling ever got to the level where it jeopardized his livelihood or family, Jordan replied, no. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah.
0: yeah, it didn't seem like that. It was really like tearing into anything really big on his part. And I don't really fault him for anything in that point. I mean, like just like me and Randy, we love playing poker. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we're dropping $570 over the course of a year on poker... Shit That's actually right. a good year, yeah. not a you know, right. so right. I mean, um I guess where I would have a problem with him more is if he's like kind of coercing people into betting and making people feel like shit for not betting, that's where I would start to draw a line on it and be like, you know that's where I've got an issue with it. but
1: well, the other thing though is is the rumors now that it's all alleged, but um, it almost stands to reason to some extent that he got in so much trouble for his gambling. That the NBA was like, you know what, buddy, you, you, you've, you've got to take a break
2: here for a minute. And that is the rumor. Yeah, they say that they don't announce suspensions or they didn't announce suspensions back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the rumor was that he got suspended for two years for his gambling. And that's why he retired and went to baseball.
1: Which makes sense because why do you retire at the top? of your game. Necessarily. Now, some people may do it. It's true. But also, like, we know for a fact that he did love to gamble, that there were some gambling issues. Like, the the rumor can really go all the way to the point where some people will allege that his dad was killed for gambling debts. I don't buy that. Yeah, but that's a
0: little crazy.
1: It is. But I think, I mean, it, I would say that it wouldn't surprise me at all to find out that was it David Stern was yeah. like, hey, dude, like, for real, like, to punish you for your gambling if he was gambling, especially on NBA games, that's, that would be a big, that's what Pete got Pete Rose. Pete Rose, right. Baseball, of course, yeah. right. Of course.
2: Of so course. And if you're betting money on NBA, and even, not even games you're in, you can't yeah. bet on anything within your sport. Yeah. yeah. yeah and sure. that's
1: why they probably kept this contract alive, and why they were like, hey, you know, just do this baseball thing for a minute, and then you can come back, but if you do it anymore, we have to let you go. We, don't, we won't say why you're doing this. I don't know how, like I said, it's, it, that could be a conspiracy court episode, but, It's not insane to think that it's the case
0: You know in the last dance Michael talks about that specifically And he talks about that at the time that he decided to quit He had already won three championships He just lost his dad and his dad was his best friend at that point according to him Yeah, And you know he was always around him and it was so traumatic to him that he was like My dad saw me win that my he watched my last game. He yeah. saw me win this three times, you know, and he had just gone through so much that he was like, you know what, I was just fucking done. Everybody was trying to be like Mike And like I wasn't the greatest person You know I mean I wasn't a fuck up But I wasn't the greatest person And mm. when you're on that pedestal Everybody's trying to knock you off And I had yeah. just fucking had enough of it at that point Yeah
1: yeah. either way it could be reasonable Like I wouldn't be surprised to find out that that was the case I also wouldn't be surprised to find out that He fucked up with probably betting on NBA games And David Stern was like dude this is this no is your more. opportunity Yeah, they, But we're not going to ruin our biggest star in the NBA We're going to give you an opportunity to sort of like Turn this thing around, but I don't know.
0: They both in the documentary unequivocally deny it. Yeah. They but they bring David Stern in, they bring Michael in, and yeah, well they're not going to they're not going to admit, not it, gonna admit yeah. it. Yeah, right. but, you know. So
1: check this out, everybody. Yeah, here's what actually happened. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But it, it's it's interesting.
2: So I touched on Jordan's shoe deal with Nike a minute ago, probably his best known endorsement deal. Sure. So over the years, the shoes named after Jordan have earned him. About $1.3 billion. Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus Christ.
2: At last report, he makes about 5% of all pairs of shoes sold. Yeah. Have you guys ever had a pair of Jordans? Not one. I never
1: owned a pair of Jordans. My parents would never let me spend that money. I had Pippins. I got Pippins, and um, that was about all I really remember. I, got I got wanted the of Deons, used. too, but I never got the Deons either. I mean, we were just broke. I got a pair of used
2: Jordans one time. Oh, yeah? Oh, Some oh, Craigslist the, Jordans? My God, yeah.
1: They were so badass.
2: They were the '91s. They're all black with the red uh, little trim around the air. The pack. Jordan fives. They were from 1991. I don't remember which. Yeah, ones they the
1: fives are actually. I think. Uh, the, uh, besides the original Jordans, are probably my favorites. Man, those things were
0: sweet. It's crazy how much the after-sale market. Oh, dude, is in that too. You to got like... a
1: fresh pair of original Jordans. They are worth a car yeah oh yeah and people and like people will
0: scour and like buy old ones and Mm -hmm. then refurbish them bring them Mm -hmm. back to life and stuff
1: it's crazy sometimes just to entertain myself i like look on like sneakerheads or whatever like the subreddit for that just to kind of understand that culture because it's crazy to me yeah yeah but there's i can't remember what there's a there's like a diet jordans i think they call it jordan teams or something like that and there was this girl that was like It was some post she had made or whatever And they were all like Look at this bitch with her Jordan teams Can't even afford the real ones or whatever And I was like wait a second So there's like a cheaper pair of Jordans here? I couldn't tell my mom about this? (laughs) (laughs) Why did nobody tell me? Yeah I don't know if they're called teams They're called something like that Diet Jordans Yeah pretty much they're just Diet Jordans (laughs) Mikey your score is too low That person was definitely a giant asshole And you rated them like they were Justin Bieber Wouldn't you like to tell us what you think? Well, now you can. Check us out on all our social media pages and tell us what you think about our scores, shows, and, of course, good looks. We'd love to hear what you have to think. Now, pucker up, Buttercup. It's back to asshole court.
2: So we know that no one's perfect, and we've touched on the fact that Jordan is extremely competitive. But here are some stories that show just how competitive Michael is and why he's been perceived the way he has over time. One instance was early in his college years. It transpired at the home of North Carolina teammate Buzz Peterson. The story goes like this. Peterson invites Michael Jordan over to play a casual game of cards with Peterson's mother. No money is wagered, just a simple, friendly game. But when the old woman gets up to use the bathroom, Peterson catches Jordan trying to cheat. Trying to cheat not to win any money, but just because he wants to win at all costs. Author Chuck Klosterman summarizes it best when he says... And because the character in this antidote is MJ, the story is charming. However, I doubt Buzz Peterson would tell his yarn if it involved his mother and some random dude he met in Anthropology 251.
0: Yeah. But so, like, I don't like that win-at-all-cost mentality where I'm going to cheat to win, too. You know, especially in, like, a a no-money game where, like, we're just playing for fun. Against somebody's mom. Like, I just don't like to lose.
2: Fuck that. Dude, there's a thing, Seven
1: aces, you know. Everybody that you see, I think, that's considered great in athletics or competition of any type has this it's a compulsion it's literally like a compulsion that like kobe was bad about this oh, kobe oh, yeah. notorious like i said even in surfing like kelly slater who is like i said 11 time world champion he's like the goat of surfing like it's it's insane but they talk about how competitive that they become that it's just like they'll you'll drive them insane if you beat them. Look at Tom Brady.
2: Yeah. Tom Brady's the yeah. greatest quarterback of all time. Not a huge fan of him, but I respect the absolute yeah. shit out of him. That guy looks better at forty three or mm-hmm. whatever he is now than I ever will. One yeah. he completely changed his diet, the way he lived, the mm-hmm. way he worked out, everything just so he could keep playing, keep yeah. winning.
0: Keep his then, body in peak performance yeah. condition. And, and
2: keep those around him, you know, hold them accountable as yeah. well. It is. It's kind of a compulsion. Deal absolutely they'll do absolutely whatever is. it takes. You don't you
1: know? want to hang out with them. I mean, you, like you respect them from afar, but like, yeah, you don't want to sit there and and it's funny too. Like, like a guy like like Kelly Slater uh, is insanely competitive at golf too. Like he's yeah. apparently like yeah. a scratch golfer. Like, and it, it's not just the game that they're great at. It's everything that they do, and everything is a competition. So.
2: During Bulls home games, animated bull races would be shown on the Jumbotron, similar to any other fan interactive activities at sporting events. Those were pre-recorded. Jordan would get the inside scoop from stadium personnel to cheat teammate and right-hand man on the court, Scottie Pippen, out of $100 in every home game by betting on which bull would win. As the results were pre-recorded, MJ went undefeated for an entire season, and Pippen never knew what the hell was going on. Scottie Pippen <laughs> sounds dumb as
3: fuck. <laughs> you know, after
1: game 30, you're like, I mean, just the odds here are or, like, or just, yeah. yeah, like astronomical. Dude, at this it's point.
2: unbelievable at guessing the right bull. God, I don't see how he does it.
1: Yeah. Have you ever thought about this as like a career? Like whenever you retire, have you ever thought about like, I don't know, horse racing or, something? oh, I got that too. I also horse race. I do all of this stuff. I gamble on anything. <laughs> Anything. I'll gamble on how much Scottie Pippen's going to tip. Bet $100, it's nothing. They call him No-Tippin' Pippin'.
2: (laughs) Another instance of him working his teammates over for some cash was at the airport. While waiting in line for their baggage to arrive after a flight to Portland, Jordan apparently decided to see who would be willing to bet on whose luggage would arrive first, and nine of his teammates took him up on his offer, only to be forced to fork over their hard-earned cash when Jordan's bag was first to roll out. What they didn't know however was that Jordan had bribed a bag handler to
1: prioritize his bag. Of course he did. That's exhausting. Like just to <laughs> set the stuff up, you know, you're like god, and it's like it's not even that much money for him. We talked No, about- but he talked
0: about it. He was like I didn't it cuz they were talking about how like on the plane rides at, at the back of the plane it would be like Jordan and Rodman and other people and they'd be playing, you know, like $1000 hand games of yeah. cards and stuff. And some of the other players would be up at the front of the plane and they would mm-hmm. just be playing like dollar a hand, you know, stuff. And Jordan would come up there and like sit down and be, they'd be like, why are you even here? Yeah. It's, this isn't even enough money for you. He's like, I I just want your money in yeah. my pocket. Yeah. I want to win at all costs. Everything I want to win.
1: Hey, new guy. I'm just going to steal your shit. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Well, no. We talked about it um, off the show a couple of weeks ago. That guy, the tender swindler. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about how much fucking effort it was yeah. to like cheat on
1: your spouse or run some
0: sort to of To Keep scheme that like going that. for so long.
1: Multiple romantic liaisons and and like you're having to develop these relationships to create like a, a, a fuck pyramid scheme. Yeah. You're like, just go sell real estate. Seriously. Yeah, you, know right? what I'm saying? you look like a real estate agent, bro. Yeah. You're probably really good at it. Why do you have to do all this shit? Only the people on the inside can
2: verify the accuracy of it, but one story in particular about his treatment of Horace Grant makes Michael Jordan look not so great. Chicago Bulls beat writer Sam Smith said during a recent podcast that Bulls players used to tell him that Jordan wouldn't let Grant eat on team flights after subpar performances. Players would come over to me over the years and said, you know what he did? He took Horace Grant's food away on the plane because Horace had a bad game, Smith said. Jesus Christ. Michael told the stewardesses, don't feed him. He doesn't deserve to eat. Smith never reported it in his 1991 book because he couldn't get anyone on the record to tell the story. He said the answer was always the same when asked sources. No, no, no. We can't say that about Jordan.
1: Dude, if I was Horace Grant, I'd be like, get fucked. I'm eating even more now.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I'm going to have cool. the
1: worst game and, possible And tomorrow. Horace Grant wasn't a small dude. He played power no, forward. He all was probably 6'9", 6'10". Yeah,
2: exactly. But he had those
1: glasses. He had the glasses. And that's what he was like, this nerd ain't going to tell. <laughs> I'm going to tell this nerd what's up. He but didn't the goggles. Yeah, yeah. he did. He's styling, too. They were always, like, matched up with his uniforms. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good old. I remember NBA Jam back in the day being pissed off because I wanted Jordan so bad, but he wasn't on there. That's right. You got Horace Grant and, and Scottie Pippen. Pippen. Yeah. I was like, for real? Fucking Horace Grant? Yeah. And I told Horace Grant, you don't deserve to eat. <laughs> 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 is it the shoes? Yeah, dude. He's the, on fire. Is he eating his shoes? Dude, yeah. I, that was that was so much bullshit. Remember that? I you were like I, that. Yeah. That's whatever. In 1992,
2: the Olympic Committee allowed professional basketball players to participate in the Olympic Games. This original team, full of NBA stars and future Hall of Famers, dominated the competition and has led to the run of gold medals the U.S. has won in basketball. Of all the players on the 92 Dream Team, Christian Laettner was the only collegiate player. In his previous season at Duke, he won the Naismith Award of College Player of the Year and led the Blue Devils to two national championships.
1: Yeah, Leitner was a big deal. Kind of a flop in the NBA, but he 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 was a journeyman. Yeah, he played for a a while. Him and Grant Hill, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Bobby
2: Hurley. Bobby Hurley. Bobby Hurley's the head coach, I think, at Arizona State right now. Well,
1: good, because he got in that really bad car accident right as soon as he got
2: drafted. Leitner was not only a decorated collegiate athlete, but also an accomplished ping pong player. He beat most of his Dream Team teammates and Commissioner David Stern in the game. Eventually, MJ would challenge Leitner to a game. Leitner remembered, when I was on the Dream Team, a lot of basketball players love ping-pong. It was a game that requires hand-eye speed, hand-eye and coordination. You have to be unbelievably quick. I think every basketball player I know loves ping-pong. Everyone played on the Dream Team. I played Clyde Drexler, Chris Mullen, even David Stern. Once David Stern saw, it was pretty good.
1: David Stern. Okay. They're like right. all these other super athletes, <laughs> and they're like, David Stern. Hey, fat lawyer, get yeah. up there and play this guy. Yeah. That's
0: all I do in my
1: spare time. Yeah, I'm real good.
2: Jordan wanted a piece of me too, and I beat him the first time. This did not sit well with his airness. Nat Butler, a photographer who was covering the dream team, explains what happened next. Said so Leitner beat him. He threw the paddle and he didn't talk to anyone for two days. Come to find out, he had a ping pong table delivered to his room. No one knew about it, and he was practicing for the rematch. They had a rematch two days later, three days later, something like that, and it was twenty one to four. He destroyed it. Oh wow. Dude. Yeah.
1: That's insane. Yeah, that is fucking nuts. Yeah. Also, Christian Leitner in my mind is always looks like I my, when I think of Christian Leitner now, I think of Brandon Walsh from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. It's like <laughs> literally how I, was, had that I don't even know which one is which in my mind. They had that kind of '90s do. butt cut. They had yeah. yeah, they had the floppy hair. You know, I'm telling you, he could have been on Nine Hundred Two One Zero right now, and I wouldn't even know the difference. <laughs> As discussed at length in the
2: ESPN documentary, The Last Dance. Michael Jordan was also one of the greatest trash talkers in the history of sports. Oh, yeah. So much show he might have ruined one man's career. Mm-hmm. During the 1995 playoffs, the Bulls led the Charlotte Hornets by one point late in the game. While guarding 5'3 Muggsy Bogues, he backed off and infamously declared, Shoot it, you fucking midget. Oh. Bogues missed badly. According to Bulls' former assistant coach, Johnny Bach, who was then coaching in Charlotte, Bogues believes that moment ruined his career. He's not entirely wrong. Bogues never again reaches ninety-five scoring average, rebounding assist, or steal numbers.
1: I think Bogues has even talked about it and was like, that shit fucked me up mentally. Yeah. Wow. He gave him he gave him a full step. Yep. I was like, shoot it, you fucking midget. <laughs> yep. Damn. I know. And imagine being a like, it's you're s a freak of nature to be playing the NBA competitively at five foot three five foot yeah three. sure like there's you got spud Webb and you got mugsy and, got Bugs. Mugsy Bugs, yeah, that's, and it. that's it and that's and like and then that dude was and, calls you a midget and, and, <laughs> and that's probably your hero too at that yeah. point
0: you know what I mean like that's who you watched coming up and like we're like I'm gonna be him one day yeah
1: and then he's calling you a midget <laughs> and fucks your game up for that is not the preferred nomenclature and then Bogues <laughs> hits him fucking three pointer right in his eye <laughs> <And> boom <laughs>
2: An alternate universe that happened. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, MJ loves to golf and not only plays about 36 holes a day, but he has his own ultra exclusive golf club in Hobie Sound, Florida, named The Grove 23.
1: God, dude, 36 holes a day? Two rounds of golf a day. That's oh, a job. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's eight hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. And he really
2: loves it. Jordan has played golf with a number of high profile and rich people over the years, sure. but not too many of them are more famous than Bill Clinton. Oh, wow. Who once found himself on the links with his arrogance. In 2011, the former president reelected on the day and said Jordan shamed him for not playing the toughest tee box, saying, You're going to play from the little girls' tees up there? When Clinton arrived on the first hole and put his ball on the white markers, where most normal golfers
0: tee off from.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: ones with like a functioning brain. That I understand that they're not that good.
0: Yeah, and also that isn't like built like a sports player, yeah. like an athlete.
1: Yeah. What are you, you talking know? about? Bill Clinton was built like Dan Bilzerian, brick <laughs> shit house, bro. Listen here, baby.
2: <laughs> Jordan then challenged Clinton to shoot under a hundred over the course of the round. While it's unclear if any money changed hands he was able to come away with what was at least a moral victory as Clinton broke 100 that day. Dude, you oh, wow. Clinton must suck balls. Can't break 100? No, he did break 100 from the tough tees.
1: Oh,
3: He okay. shot under
2: 100, yeah.
1: Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Okay.
2: This anecdote, which combines Jordan's love of golf and gambling plus the ability to score at will, comes from a great hockey legend, Jeremy Roenick, who starred for the Chicago Blackhawks in the early 90s. That was another game. Do you guys remember the NHL EA Sports NHL oh, Of
1: course, game. yeah, the fighting was where it was at. Oh, hell yeah. Of course. That's what, like even in that movie Swingers, when they're playing, it was, that movie came out like 94, 95 or whatever, and that's part of the movie, they're always playing NHL hockey or whatever, and one of the best lines ever is that Vince Vaughn loves to attack Wayne Gretzky, and he goes, yeah, got his ass, he goes, look at little Wayne bleed right there. <laughs> the fights were the best part.
2: Yeah, and Ronick was one of the best players in that game, and in hockey at the time. Yeah. In this one, another I-shouldn't-be-telling-this-but-I-will-anyway story, the Windy City Dynamos, Ronick and Jordan, competed in a round of golf for a few thousand bucks, which Ronick won. Jordan wouldn't have it and asked for a rematch, so they loaded up a bag of ice and Coors Light and played again, with Roanoke winning once more. And here's where it gets hairy, as Roanoke told it on a radio show. Now, we've been drinking all afternoon, and he's going from Sunset Ridge to the stadium to play a game. Holy shit. I'm messing around. I'm like, I'm going to call my bookie. All the money you just lost to me, I'm putting on Cleveland. He goes, I tell you what, I bet we'll win by more than 20 points and I'll have more than 40. He said, I'm like, done. That son of a gun goes out and scores 52 points and they won by 26 or something like that. Damn. So he cranked
1: the silver bullets all afternoon and then went and dropped 52 points on Cleveland that night. Dude, I can't even come home and mow my lawn after a you know, what I'm <laughs> after saying? working. Yeah. Just regular. Yeah. Right? And I wife's like, Oh, I'm glad you had a good time on the golf course. You're gonna do anything around here? I'm like, Nope, nope, nope. days over. I already <laughs> drank like seven or eight beers on the golf course. He's just like, But any, and how many points did he score? 50. 52. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Fifty-two. That's like half of the team's points. More than half
1: of the team's points. Imagine for the when whole he's game. posting up on you with beer breath and everything. You're like, and he's just fucking schooling you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm sober. I've like slept well last night. This guy's drunk as shit from a golf game. <laughs> this guy's just, coming in
0: like the '70s NBA. You know, right? he's
1: smoking a cigarette pretty yeah. much. And that is wild. I never heard that story. That's cool.
0: Yeah. When
2: rapper Chameleonaire had the opportunity to meet Jordan, oh. his hero, he asked MJ for a picture with him. Not only did Jordan brush him off But he also cursed him out and disrespected him By saying you know what I tell you what You pay $15,000 right now For a jersey from me and I'll take a picture with you Needless to say Jordan Lost one celebrity and a childhood fan That night oh. And
1: yeah. then he said some very choice words In that too man Yeah, Chameleonare tells the story you go on YouTube right now And you can download it yeah. or not download it You can just just watch it and uh, chameleonare Him telling the story is entertaining It's worth a watch Oh okay He doesn't just say if you buy. No, no, it was much crueler than that. And (laughs) I don't think any of us feel comfortable saying the words that he said because we're all white.
2: (laughs) And then there's a story that was told to us from a friend of ours that had the opportunity to be a bartender at a restaurant that Jordan and his entourage hung out at one night. It was the early 2000s and Jordan and his crew showed up at a high end restaurant bar just north of Atlanta and was the posh area called Buckhead. Jordan and his crew were drinking top-shelf liquor and were on a porch smoking Primo cigars. The story goes, a young, attractive woman walked outside with the group to smoke a cigarette. She asked MJ himself if he had a light. He pulled out his lighter and went to light her cigarette, but wound up catching her hair on fire. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Drunk as fuck. Yep.
2: Wow. This hair on oh, fire. And
1: here's the deal. After an afternoon of drinking beers he went and scored 52 points. How drunk was this motherfucker where he couldn't even light a cigarette and like <laughs> lit her hair on fire? He was like two bottles of Johnny Walker deep. Uh, like, double uh, vision, yeah.
2: triple vision at that point. <laughs> so what is Jordan up to these days in retirement? He's the principal owner and chairman of the NBA team Charlotte Hornets and of 23XI Racing in the NASCAR Cup Series where he has two cars racing in the NASCAR Series each week. Like I mentioned earlier, the guy plays about thirty six holds a day and probably does just about whatever the fuck he wants to.
1: Including wearing the lamest jeans I've ever seen. Ever. They're always kind of baggy. Dude, his the way that Michael Jordan dresses is fucking shockingly bad. I believe there's a website out there that is dedicated to Michael Jordan fashion.
0: He uh, got his he picked up all of his uh
1: clothing tips from Stevie Wonder. Oh, dude, and no. Stevie Wonder dresses better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> These jeans, man, these, like, the stuff he wears, I'm just like, dude, I feel like he somehow convinced, like, he got some, uh, like, a time machine and got a kid in, like, 2001 to dress him for him. It was like, (laughs) this is your job permanently. This is the style that I love. I want that for the rest of my life. You're a billionaire, and you're rocking some fucking, like, uh, (laughs) some Lee's pipes. (laughs) Jordan is the 501. (laughs) No, 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 501s are way too classy. These are legit, (laughs) like uh, pipes. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that were that that for the broke ass that couldn't afford Jinkos back in the day. (laughs) They're called pipes. (laughs) Pipes. Nice.
2: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Jordan is the richest retired athlete in professional sports. At one point, he was worth 2.1 billion, but as of now, he's worth about 1.6 billion. Not bad for a kid who was left in the hot car to read after getting into fights at school. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> How did he lose 600 million dollars? That's a, boy. that's a bad. bad, bad. <laughs> he started playing with the big boys. Him and Jeff Bezos <laughs> playing golf, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god. And that boy is Michael Jordan. Oh, well, wow. and that's the thing too is like there's not a lot there that is um reliable sources for him being an asshole, but if you ever want to spend some time just browsing through reddit when they talk about asshole celebrities stories galore of fans yeah. that were like yep. he doesn't tip for shit he's an asshole but then like also he's donated a ton of money to different charities
0: and his time like just like his personal like just being there for a lot of like the uh like children's charities
2: yeah. and stuff like that which is
1: amazing because he spends eight hours a day on the golf course
3: <laughs>
2: well, he clocks in and i read one story that a ultra wealthy Filipino woman offered him $7 million to play golf with her one day. And he told her, no. Wow. Oh, wow. He's like, nah, I don't, I get to pick and choose what I do. And I'm not playing golf with you today. And yeah, he it's like loves he golf need it. for $7 million. And he
1: loves golf. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like I'll pay you $7 million. To play badminton with me, like, butt naked and put it on the internet. (laughs) It was like, you're already doing it anyways. He said no and then played eight (laughs) hours of golf. (laughs) It's about her. Yeah. Yeah. And his fucking jean shorts.
0: (laughs) There was one story I heard about him that I didn't like so much. And this comes off of um, when he was just coming back after, like, 94, 95 era. And I believe he came back initially and played, like, in... Like the Eastern Conference or something like that. The
2: Bulls are in the East, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, um, that was like when he first came back. You know, it's like I'm back and he all came that. back as
1: 45. Remember?
0: Yeah, came back as 45. And then, um, that following season, like they got kind of snuffed right there, and so that by the the Hornets, I want to say, or something like that. And so they come back the next year and like Jordan's just like ready to fucking dominate at this point. But he has this mentality that like everybody's got to be at my level or, you know, putting out what I think mm-hmm. they need to be putting out. Everybody's got to be putting out. Everybody's putting, putting out. out. I got my tongue. Yeah, it.
1: Horse Grant, you get over here. Get your yeah, ass ready. I'm, already, I'm horse. coming on those glasses. <laughs> get some windshield wipers, little fucker.
2: <laughs>
0: better get some Raynex
2: on those. <laughs> So. Dennis Robin I know you're already
1: down <laughs> yeah. We've been doing it
0: So um, him and Steve Kerr were getting into it But That's he was right. picking on Steve Kerr And Phil saw that going on The head coach Phil And uh, started calling fouls on Michael Just like little nitpicky stuff To try to get him to like calm down a little bit well, that pissed off Michael even more, and he was like, "If you're gonna start calling fouls on me for little shit, I'm gonna give you something for me to, you know, call me on." And he fucking popped punched Steve him Kerr in the face, sure and did. Steve Kerr came back and, uh, well, first Steve Kerr, like whatever happened on the foul, it was a bad one. Steve jumped up and punched him in the chest, and like it takes a lot for Steve, like he's and he's he's also the smallest dude on the team. He's the point
1: white point guard. Well, Steve yeah. Kerr is literally like you took a, a guy like a venture capitalist and made him a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah Exactly and, like, right. Even when when they're talking about it in the documentary, he's very judicious about the way he talks about the whole interaction. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it's uh, but yeah, it's Steve Kerr. If you're pissing off Steve Kerr, and then you real- like, imagine Bill Gates throwing a fucking swing at you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you pop him back, like yeah. I mean,
0: like right in the face. And you know, it's like, but you know, you know, we talked about it. MJ came to me, apologized, and all that. But yeah, like that was kind of a bitch move on Michael Jordan's part, you know. Yeah. Attacking your teammates but then like not even Going against like the ones that are about your size Like Mm -hmm. just going after the smallest guy Like fuck that well
1: there's a number of stories That I read now again these are hearsay Conjecture you don't know if they're true or what But a lot of people were talking about That they worked in casinos or whatever it was And that MJ And Charles Barkley are really good buddies Yeah Yeah. sure used to be yeah yeah Maybe not anymore they were for a long time But the stories almost Invariably are always That Michael Jordan was a shitty tipper would not tip, and then Charles Barkley would come behind him and like clean up and tip them extra to make up for his shittiness. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was like, all right, Chuck. I've always liked Chuck. So there's
2: another story where Barkley and Jordan were playing each other in the finals when Barkley was with the Suns, Jordan with the Bulls, and they went out before the game, and Jordan bought him a $20,000 diamond diamond earring. Oh, really? To kind of like Soften him up a little bit in the game, so he wouldn't of, play as hard. Uh huh. And they asked him about. It. He's like, "Yeah, I paid that fat fuck off or something like <laughs> that." Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I was like, "Damn, dude! All right, I hear you."
1: Yeah, Damn. yeah, it's true. All those dudes, I'm telling you, all the all the best that you see in any sport you're watching, except for Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is legitimately like the nicest dude on the planet, dude. He's yeah. like if Barry Manilow somehow got a magic spell put on him and was ready to say hockey. He doesn't <laughs> like Barry Manilow. He absolutely he does. <laughs> does. You're like, what does? What happened? I don't understand. You know, there's nothing. He doesn't have that killer instinct. He's just finesse or something like that. His but
2: daughter is a smoke show, too.
1: She is. She's banging some other hockey. Dustin dude. Johnson. He's a yeah. pro golfer. That's it. Yeah. 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 Or some other pro guy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right,
2: boys. Let's get some final scores for Michael Jordan. Mikey, what you got?
1: Well, so, I mean, I've, you know, I've paid attention to Michael Jordan for a long time, uh, mostly with a uh, deep burning inner hate as a, <laughs> as a Lakers fan. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say that there's not. Too much to adjust here, based on what I found out. I've almost gained some respect for him to find out that he cranked like a 12-pack of Coors Light and then dropped 52. I was like watching Kobe's final game the other day, actually, in when he scored 60 plus or whatever yeah, 63, at the end. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, that's amazing. But now I'm like, but he wasn't drunk. He wasn't <laughs> drunk. Shit. Yeah. yeah. And also Coors Light. I mean, come on yeah Michael two Jordan. of the richest dudes in chicago yeah. and they're yeah they're drinking tapping into the rockies it's that, the yeah. 90s and it's a, it's a golf game i it's can true. see Coors Light. so IPAs i haven't become the thing yet then i don't i still doubt i still i imagine he still drinks like bud light or coors light or they whatever. were probably
0: sending them free beer to the like golf course
1: and oh, stuff he's got like his own that, fucking
0: yeah. tequila now
1: why not george like, clooney wrote the fucking script for everybody yeah yeah Everybody's yeah. got their own tequila Jordan's tequila I think is like 750
2: bucks a bottle Something like oh, that. wow! that Oh
1: wow Let's see what they'll pay for it That's right so, All these motherfuckers In Chicago are like Hell oh, yeah dude <laughs> Okay, I'm just waiting for the Bulls To win the next title Now I'm gonna open up This motherfucker <laughs> That's the other thing That always pissed me off too was that Bulls fans came out of the fucking woodwork The Bulls oh, yeah. sucked dick in the 80s People don't remember this The Bulls fucking sucked For yep, yep. forever When he got drafted I remember it was like a big deal And he played great But they weren't really great They slowly put this team together yep, yes. And then all of a sudden As a kid Like Bulls fans were just like, I've always been a Bulls fan. <laughs> Same with Patriots fans. I remember yeah. the Patriots sucked balls for years. For years. They were the worst team. And all of a sudden they start winning like every World Series. I mean, every uh Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. And like everybody's a Patriots fan. And yeah. I just I hate that shit. It's not Michael Jordan's fault, but it just all of a sudden everybody's rocking Bulls hats. Yep. So anyways, uh I digress. Let's get back to what I think about Michael Jordan. I'm not gonna change the score all that much. I'll put him at a. I'll put him at a five point five. Most of the stuff you hear about him that's bad is is total hearsay and conjecture that I can't prove. He is a hyper uh, competitive asshole, but like I said, so is every other motherfucking goat except for uh, Barry Manilow, Wayne Gretzky, uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. There you go, five point five. All right, buddy, what do you
2: think about Michael Jordan's final score?
0: All right, so yeah, uh, from everything that I heard today, I it doesn't seem to me like he is. Uh, a huge asshole. I mean, he does have some asshole tendencies. And like Mikey was just talking about, he, uh, you know, he, he gives it his all out there on the court and he expects, I think, a lot of people to do the same thing. And, you know, is that technically an asshole when you want people to perform at a certain level that you're playing at and you're actually doing all that work too? You're not sitting on the sidelines doing it, you know, like yelling at people. You're actually like showing up and putting in the work. You know, um, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I don't like it when you're, you know, antagonizing your teammates to the point of getting them to hit you or you hitting them, and especially when it's the little guys on the team, too, that's bullshit. But overall, I didn't really hear anything that really kind of made me think that I should score him any higher or any lower. So I actually like exactly where I had him. I had him at a 5.5, and that's where, um, actually, I'm sorry, I had him at a 5.4, and uh, I'm going to knock him up to a 5.5, and uh, that's where I'm going to have Michael Jordan at the end of the day. Okay. 5.5. 5.5. 5.
1: I am inspired by him, though. So get your fucking shit together, guys. <laughs> you worked as hard as me. This We'd be fucking millionaires off the That's this for real. We, we need more Instagram followers, motherfuckers. <laughs> Do your shit.
2: All right, so my kind of final evaluation on Jordan is that definitely the greatest basketball player of all time. I definitely worship this guy as a kid. Who's number two? Uh, I would probably go... Magic. It's either LeBron, it's LeBron or Kobe. It's LeBron or Kobe. Yeah, you got to put those two. Magic Johnson gets tossed around in there a little bit, but he's probably top five, yeah. maybe even top ten. But yeah, it's true. Yeah, but, but it's mean, either
1: it's it's honestly it's either Kobe or, or LeBron.
2: LeBron. Yeah, one of those two. They they'll even argue that there's been a couple interviews now where LeBron called himself the greatest of all time, and everybody's like, eh. Yeah, you
1: shouldn't. No, you can't call yourself. Yeah, that. You it's like, like calling that. yourself a genius. Don't do that. That's right. <laughs>
2: like so many of the people on our show have. Yes. yes. So, yeah, he, you know, like I said, the ultra competitiveness is just kind of a weird little gene that some people have where they just cannot fucking stand to lose. Mm-hmm. It'll drive you to do some kind of underhanded shit, right? Like stealing 100 bucks per home game from Scottie Pippen for the pre-recorded Bulls thing that he would uh, get the scoop on from the staff.
1: Or or cheating on a friendly game with somebody's mom. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, While they're exactly. using the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had to take a dump. Michael Jordan cheated at Uno.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have bowel problems now because I wouldn't go to the bathroom around Michael. He's a cheater.
2: But at the end of the day, he didn't really, you know, to y'all's point, he didn't really do anything that fucked his career up because of his, you know, assholery or, you know, physically abuse anyone other than Steve Kerr.
1: He punched somebody else, too, though.
2: He probably did in yeah. a fit of competitive. I mean, there rage. was times where yeah, he like took horses grants food away
1: from him, <laughs> like, like he's like he's a bad dog or something. It's fucking unbelievable. And then the flight attendant was like, "Yeah, that makes sense. No food for you." Yeah, he did have a bad game. Don't you even give him peanuts, bitch? Uh, they he made the him fly dance. spirit.
0: <laughs> you know those seats aren't big. Yeah. You know, horse you fly spirit. You get
1: you see one of his snacks. You have to pay the buck. <laughs>
2: So at the end of the day, I'm going to fuck the math all up. My final score for him is going to be a
0: 5.35 Okay. for Michael Jordan. All right. All right. With a 5.5 from Mikey, a 5.5 from Buddy, and a 5.35 from Randy, Michael Jordan's final asshole score is a 5.45. 5.45 finds himself just above DMX
2: and Elon Musk, who had a 5.3 and Courtney love who came in at a
1: 5.5 <laughs> DMX legitimately <laughs> robbed people <laughs> and, well you know what Michael Jordan robbed people too this is true. just yeah, not violently of just championships and
0: like titles and, and money and dinner
1: and dinner that's fair
2: same ballpark yeah awesome we hope you enjoyed this episode of asshole court as we tell you every time you got to go check us out on patreon it's patreon.com slash ahc podcast you gotta put the full name in your browser because we are explicit oh yeah we're shred go check it out stickers and swag voting power for future episodes and our all new show conspiracy court where we cover some of the most outlandish and maybe most believable conspiracies out there we always appreciate your support be kind to one another and we'll see you next time on asshole court